we welcome in from the trib Bryce Cherry. Bryce, good afternoon. How you doing, buddy? Doing wonderful. How about you guys? Not bad. Just a busy time of the year and and a, and a lot of fun this time of the year. So uh, let's let's dive into the high school side of it. Let's begin with La Vega. Uh, Don High got Aaron Rawls back, and boy, they got well last night beating a uh, beating Alvarado. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, La Vega is still going to be a, a force to reckon with. That was a good Midlothian Heritage team that the Pirates lost to last week, and and uh, you know, I think Don High talked about it with me this week when when I talked to him. He, he you know he thought there was just some little things, some mistakes that La Vega made in that Heritage game that, that they could have cleaned up, and, and it seemed like they did against Alvarado. And certainly having Aaron Rawls back is is nice because then that allows you to, to move Jordan Rogers around and, and put him other places where he can be useful. He's the reigning Super Syntex uh, Defensive Player of the Year, so, you know, uh, pretty good on that side of the ball. A fun one, and I, I get to see uh, tomorrow night is is Waco and Midway in what is a crosstown uh, matchup. And is is this game what it used to be? I mean, you know, the 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 rivalry is it still the rivalry because these kids all know each other? Uh, yeah, I think it's still a rivalry. Um, is it what it used to be in terms of you know what are they playing for? Um, you know we talked about it on our podcast this week. It, it feels a little bit like they're playing for pride uh, because they're in a district of death, and <laughs> you know I mean uh, good luck climbing out of that that grave because uh, you know it's it's a very steep uphill climb in that district, and the loser of this game you know only has that much farther to travel. Midway to me has been close. I mean, you've seen them play. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, South Grand Prairie close game, Mansfield close game. Just got to learn to finish, and and I think they'll be highly motivated on a homecoming night to to you know beat the Crosstown Waco High team. Um, and you know, Kwame's still kind of building that program up, so. I like Midway in this game, but certainly one uh, that, you know, is always of interest. You know, Bryce, one of the things that we I talked with Jeff Hume about uh, this week was they, they've got that zone playoff format in place, and they're going to play it first, and then if things go well and they don't uh, they don't have closures, then they'll 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 just basically omit that uh, that zone thing and, and play out the, the the entire district schedule as is and. After losing to Mansfield and looking at the teams in that zone, Midway's got to kind of hope for that right now. They got to kind of hope that everybody stays healthy and and they don't have to revert to this uh, this zone thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're all hoping for good health, but <laughs> um, but certainly, yeah. I mean, it, it benefits Midway to play out the full district schedule um, so that it gets a chance to you know to get more wins against everyone. And, and obviously uh, if, if it plays out where everybody stays healthy and, and, and you have just a normal district schedule, well, then it's, it's pretty easy to figure out, you know, which teams go to the playoffs because it's, you know, just boils down to the top four. We just, uh, we just spoke with Mike Shields over at McGregor and, and that district is we've talked about many times is, it's just crazy, and it's fun to watch. And there's there's several games in that league this this Friday night that are just knockdown dragouts, including Yo and McGregor. Yo and McGregor, 
possibly for a playoff spot in that district. I mean, I think it's still going to uh, boil down to week 11. You know, I think it's, there's going to be a lot to, to unpack. But right now, Lorena, uh, Rockdale, and Troy are all sitting there at 3-1 and one in that district and have kind of separated themselves a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, Cameron, it's been tough because the, the Yeomen have lost some really, really close games, including a one-point overtime loss to Troy, um, you know. And so I think uh, they're going to be fired up and ready to go in McGregor uh, tomorrow night. Should be a really fun one. Our 4A district that we that we cover and, and, and love to follow is the, the league that has, uh, obviously, uh, Salado. And Salado's in the driver's seat to win that thing. And then, of course, you got uh, the game t- tomorrow night between Conley and China Spring. That'll be, a, that'll be an interesting and fun game. But we were talking about it, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, but all three of those teams, uh, I think no matter how they finish between China and, and Conley, I think – all three of those teams really have an opportunity to make a deep run in the in the postseason. Absolutely, uh, I, I said on our podcast this week that second place in that district is nothing to sneeze at, and I would I would go as far to say third place as well. Uh, you know, Conley was ranked in the top ten earlier this year. China Springs been state ranked, uh, and obviously Salado as well. So, uh, pretty good trio right there at the top. The unfortunate thing for the fourth place playoff team in that district is, uh, I believe they might run into Carthage mm-hmm. in, in the first round. So uh, good luck with that. Absolutely. All right, uh, and, and I'm assuming that tomorrow, same uh, same thing. You can uh, read all of the uh, the uh, the matchups and, and the predictions and all of that into in tomorrow's Waco trip. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have all of that. We'll have uh, high school volleyball, Baylor volleyball, Baylor football. Uh, yeah, I was going over our what we call our budget, you know, our daily budget of stories and stuff, and I was like, Dad, gum, we do have a lot of stuff tomorrow. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, let's jump over and talk a, a little bit about uh, volleyball as the playoffs begin tonight and tomorrow night, and and they. Man, we've got some outstanding volleyball teams that uh, really have opportunities to to make deep runs and, and get to that state tournament. Yeah, no question, no question. I and I really uh, enjoy covering high school volleyball. It's kind of my beat, uh, and uh, I've, I've seen a lot of those teams you mentioned on on Tuesday nights this year. And um, I, I got to start with the Crawford Pirates. Uh, you know, Jeff Coker's team out there. You know, one state uh, last year, so they're going for another one. And, of course, that was their second title in, uh, well, let's see, three or four years span. So, you know, he's got it going, and, and they're exceptional. They've got a, a setter, Lexi Moody, who's a junior, who's just incredible. I mean, she she plays the game. She she understands the game, and, and it's it's fun to watch her play, and she's got a lot of weapons around her. And then – uh, China Spring went through the regular season undefeated. Now, how do you do uh, that? <laughs> that is hard to do, very hard to do. And it's not like they were playing slouches either. And they had some some five-set matches that they were able to pull out. So I think not only are the, are the Lady Cougars, you know, uh, undefeated, but they're battle-tested because, you know, they, they, they won some tough, tough matches and uh, I've seen them a, f- a few times, and, and they're a team that uh, 
really has a lot of weapons where they just spread it around. You know, it's not one hitter that always has to, uh, you know, be the one to kind of get all the kills, but they, they spread it around nicely. And uh, so China Springs is going to be a team to watch. And then a couple others that I'll mention, I saw them play uh, Tuesday night is uh, Troy and Lorena, I think have a chance to go deep in the three, a playoffs. Both those teams are, are, are pretty well loaded as well. I, did I see where Rachel Melanson and, and Troy, they're going to start tomorrow night. Is that what, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They start uh, tomorrow night and, uh, you know, there'll be, there's even a couple of matches, I think, on Saturday. So, I mean, you have the option for this bi-district round, you know, whether you want to play on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And, and yeah, so they're they're starting tomorrow night in Mejia. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who they're playing. But um, we got all the pairings on, on WacoTrib.com and in the paper. So, uh, good stuff there. And, and looking forward to the, the volleyball playoffs. Glad these teams are getting a chance, you know, to get to this level because it was so – touch and go there for a while whether we'd have a season all right uh let's switch gears talk some college football and one of the conversations or one of the main conversations that we've had on this program uh about Baylor football this week is is yeah I mean you would like to see him do certain things within you know you, you don't like seeing him give it up what three pass plays over 40 yards you'd like to see in the in on the offensive side of the football uh so Better passing, you know, what am I I'm trying to – like to see him be able to throw the football with a little more consistency down the field. Hey, I can figure that out, how to say it, but <laughs> it's easy. Just put those words together. But the one of the things that I keep going back to is the, when you take, for instance, the offensive line, and, and you've got you've got the, the issues there, and then when you finally get them all together, it's not just getting five guys all together, but those guys have got to learn to play as one unit. Quarterback-receiver relationships, they got to be able to – there's a lot of things that go into it, and, and they just haven't had those opportunities really until this week. Yeah, no question. Uh, um, you know, I wrote a column after the Texas game, and John and I were riding back from Austin, and I actually read him – my column, uh, it, was, it was already published by that point on the web, but uh, I, I read it to him. I was like, was I too harsh? You know, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, there are, there are some criticisms, criticisms to be made, but as you said, uh, I think there are some very valid reasons for why this Baylor program has struggled a little bit in some of these areas, including just the offensive flow and throwing downfield and all those things that you mentioned. Uh, and, and you've got to look at, you know, no spring drills and new staff and the fact that they've had games canceled and the fact that they've had COVID issues that have uh, affected the offensive line, which, you know, has not allowed them to, you know, always practice together. They had some guys on that O-line play in the Texas game that they didn't get available until like Thursday and Friday. And those, practices as Dave Aranda said are usually more like walkthroughs you know I mean so you're not getting that continuity that you need uh, this week it's probably been a little bit better they've, they've uh, improved from a COVID standpoint so you know you'd expect some improvement in that area but certainly they, they've got to start taking a few more shots downfield and this is the classic something's got to give kind of game because Baylor comes in ranked 
72nd in the country in long scrimmage plays, which uh, they, they basically count that as anything 10 yards or more. Well, they have zero that have gone 40 yards or more on the season. Meanwhile, TCU's defense has given up 14 plays of 40 yards or more. So, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna break out, this is the week to do it. And if you don't do it, then it's probably you. Bryce, when you look at all the distraction earlier in the week with Ebner and um, Love it, do you think they're going to come out this week and kind of have breakout games to put all that to rest? I think they'll be fired up. Certainly, I think they'll be fired up. I think Charlie Brewer might be fired up. Uh, remember, this is their first home game in a while, you know? I mean, so good chance to to uh, to get back in front of the home folks and, you know, it's a rivalry game against the TCU team that you probably don't like very much. <laughs> probably? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm just couching it a little, you know? <laughs> so I'm being political here in this election year. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I think I think Gary Patterson and Dave Aranda probably get along okay, but uh, but certainly, yeah, I, I think I think you're gonna see a highly motivated Baylor team. But you know, TCU needs to win too, so these things don't come easy. Your Rockets got a new coach. It's kind of uh, an, I would say an under the radar hire. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm on board. I, I was not real excited about the, the prospect of, let's say, a Jeff Van Gundy. Right. Uh, been there, done that, you know. And, and um, so I was – when that name was getting tossed around, I was like, eh, you know, I'm not – it didn't really excite me. John Lucas was a little bit more on the older side, and, it, uh, and so I wasn't completely on board with that either. He was another name that was mentioned. It sounds like – they are going to keep John Lucas uh, on staff, maybe as an assistant coach, which I think is a good move. He's well-liked by the players. Uh, but, yeah, Coach Silas coming over from the Mavs and uh, a young guy. I say a young guy. Uh, he's 47, and I'm 47. I don't feel that young. but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, by golly, you are young. You better know you are. <laughs> If you know so what I mean, you know where I'm going with that. He's young for an NBA head coach, and, <laughs> and certainly uh, getting his opportunity. Uh, the Mavericks were really, really high on him. So, uh, yeah, I will see. I, I, I'm i on board. I really, really was wanting Sam Cassell. Right. But that's probably the uh, Rockets, you know, nostalgia fan of, of in me. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I think uh, it's a good move, and I'm, I'm, I've got an open mind. All right. One, one final thought. I would just, just uh, you know, going back to the Baylor football situation, we, we talked about their needs. We talked about n- not necessarily excuses, but just simple facts of what's going on because of COVID and, and the other issues. But, you know, the bottom line is this, and I think this is kind of what uh, Dave Aranda's uh, attitude has been all along because you've never heard him use it as an excuse is, those guys that they're playing against, they're not going to wait on them to to get to get right and get better and, and get all these things done. So you better go get it done now and, and go play well on Saturday. Right, absolutely. You know, uh, most coaches um, don't like to make a lot of excuses. You know, I mean, uh, and and you know, COVID is something that uh, it's not it's not exclusive to Baylor. Everybody's had to deal with it. Um, so you know, some have have navigated it a little bit better than others. Um, and, and, and sometimes that's just luck, 
You know, I mean, uh, you know, you can you can wear masks, you can do all that you're supposed to do, and sometimes you're just unlucky. And and I think that happened a little bit with Baylor because it sounded like you know they were scratching their heads on on how that outbreak happened. Uh, so you know, yeah, I, you can't make excuses. You got to go out and play the game and 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 just do what you can do and. I sound like a coach. Control what you can control, you know. I mean, and so that's what they'll try to do on Saturday. All right, Bryce. Uh, look forward to it. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so so much for the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. We'll see you, Bryce Cherry, the Waco Trail.